In a few weeks, our oldest, our son Matt, will turn 40. Recently, Jan and I looked at each other and thought, that doesn't seem possible. Where'd the time go? We accepted an appointment in the West Michigan Conference during my closing months of seminary in 1978. We packed up a U-Haul trailer and headed for parts unknown, St. John's, Michigan. Matt was born about a year and a half later at Clinton Memorial Hospital. And we go back now and look at pictures from those days and hardly recognize ourselves. You know the ones, pictures you kind of laugh at now because you're what you were wearing then or uh, what you were doing or how young you looked. Uh, do you ever do that? Do you ever look at a picture and say to yourself, <laughs> what was I thinking? In terms of just style changes alone, we wonder why on earth we ever thought the mullet haircut looked good, or bell-bottom pants, or the leisure suit, you know, or the polyester shirts of the 70s. But even though each decade has had its own styles, most of the time, it's been relatively harmless. However, looking back, when we look back at some of the problems in our life, some of the failures, some of the mistakes we've made, even some of the disasters in our life, the times that have forced us to start over, can a lot, uh, those times can be a lot more painful than style changes. But as we evaluate our actions and our attitudes, we still need to ask ourselves the question, and this is a great question, what was I thinking? I would guess that many of us have asked that question a few times in our life. And I can think of talking to people who have said, what was I thinking when I moved three different times to try to find a new place to start in my life? Or what was I thinking when I quit my job without having something else lined up? Maybe you've asked the same questions at times, looking back on relationships in your life or schooling or other major life decisions. You see, much of the time, the reality is we don't always know what we were thinking or we weren't thinking very clearly at the time or we just made a hasty decision. And as we move on in this series on making a fresh start, we need to not only own our part of past mistakes, as we talked about last week, but we need to take the time to reflect on what we were thinking so that we can rethink. While we can't go back and rethink a situation and have it necessarily turn out differently, we can think about why we made the original decision and then rethink it so that the next time can be better than the last time. And if all we ever do is think the way we used to think, then we will do the same things we used to do. If we never change our thinking, then we will never make different or better decisions. So to make sure that starting over this time is better than last time, we need to stop and we need to rethink what it is we believe about ourselves and about other people, and we need to rethink what's important to us and how to set right priorities so that we can now make healthy decisions and godly decisions. The Apostle Paul knew what it was like to start over. He began his life as a man named Saul, 
who was a very well-educated Jewish leader. Saul knew the Old Testament law backwards and forwards, and he made sure that God's people followed that law. And when the news of Jesus' death and resurrection started to spread, Saul was one of the people put in charge of stopping this new movement. And this meant stopping the people who were involved in this movement, even if it even if it meant having them put to death. Saul was the one who often carried out the orders to have the followers of Jesus executed. And when a godly man by the name of Stephen was stoned to death for his faith, Saul was the one standing there giving his approval and holding the coats of the men who were stoning Stephen. But one day on the road to Damascus, Saul had a divine encounter with the risen Jesus who gave him a chance at a fresh start. Saul accepted Jesus as the Messiah and went from stoning Christians to making disciples. Saul went from trying to silence the gospel of Jesus Christ to being one of, it, one of its most eloquent and powerful preachers and teachers. Saul started over and, not, and God not only changed his name to Paul, but he completely changed Paul's way of thinking. In his letter to the Romans, Paul talks about starting over. And it's a familiar uh, passage of scripture from Romans chapter 12, the first couple of verses. Paul says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is true, truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You see, whenever we want a fresh start, it begins with offering ourselves to God fully and completely. And as we heard last week, the first step means owning our failures, owning our mistakes. And the reason Paul says we can do this is because of God's mercy. We don't have to hide our sin because God is merciful and he'll forgive us when we're honest. And so we can own our mistakes, we can confess them to God, which allows us to move on and to start over. Being a living sacrifice means that every thought and every action and every day needs to be offered to God. Everything we do should be pleasing and acceptable to God, which is obviously kind of difficult. But Paul doesn't just tell us that we need to do this. He goes on and he tells us how to do it. And this is, he says, what we need to do to start over. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Now just think about that for a moment all by itself. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you will learn, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Paul is saying that we can't live, Christ followers can't live like everybody else. 
which means we can't think like everybody else. We can't just accept what the world says and believe the conventional wisdom of the day. Standing firm in our faith means being willing to be different from the world around us and think differently, but that's not easy, is it? The message of the world comes at us from all sides. It comes from the music industry and the entertainment industry, and it comes from sports and social media and news and advertising, and all of that is constantly trying to reshape our thinking. And if we aren't intentional and thoughtful, we will simply conform to the pattern and thinking of this world and will continue to do what we've always done. So St. Paul gives us the answer. We need to be transformed. We are able to make a fresh start and do it better or do it right the next time when our minds are renewed. And the word renewed here just simply means restored. Have you ever restored something that was old? Whether it's a piece of furniture or a car, the process begins by taking off the old layers before you can put on anything new. Years ago, Jan and I uh, bought a few pieces of antique furniture and refinished them. And one piece in particular was a large wardrobe, which turned out to be uh, made of some beautiful hardwood, only you couldn't tell it when we first saw it, it was covered in layers of that thick black varnish. It took a while, but I stripped off the, the layers and I refinished the original hardware and it turned out to be a great piece of furniture, which is still in our home today. But you see, if, if, you, if you have ever restored something, then you know that you have to take off all the old material before you can put on anything new. If you don't take off all of the old, then when you put on the new finish, it will eventually peel off and you'll be starting over again. And what I realized working on that wardrobe is that the process of taking off the old is long and it's hard. There were so many tiny crevices in the wood that I had to scrape out and apply more and more coats of the varnish remover. It took time, it took effort. Learning to rethink things, very much like that process, is a long and painful process. It can take months of reflection sometimes for us to answer the question, what was I thinking? It can take months of reflection to dig deep into the crevices of our heart and mind to figure out why we did what we did and why we still do what we do. You see, learning to see ourselves and others differently so that we don't make the same mistakes again takes time. It takes time to evaluate our thoughts, our attitudes, our behaviors, and actions so that we can do better the next time. And just like when we restore a car or a piece of furniture, we can't rush the process. If we do, it's like putting the new finish on top of the old, and in time, it'll bubble up, it'll peel away, and we'll be starting over. So we need to take time to rethink. 
I've heard people tell those who have just gone through a divorce or lost a spouse to not make any major decisions in that first year because time is needed to grieve and to heal and then think about how to start over. I often see people come out of bad relationships or even a a bad marriage and then jump right into another relationship without taking time to rethink what has just happened. And many of these new relationships have the same issues as the old ones because it's the same person in it. They didn't take time to rethink who they are and what they want out of life. It takes time to rethink our lives, and it is only in rethinking that we're gonna ever be able to act in new ways. The renewal of our minds or learning to rethink it is what helps us move in new and better directions because it's through this process that we actually begin to see who we are and who God is and what God wants for our life. The Apostle Paul reminds us that it is only after our minds have been renewed that we're able to see God's will for our lives and make decisions that are in line with God's will after the renewal of our minds. Sometimes we just want to know God's plan for our life and we, got, and we don't understand why God just doesn't give it to us. Paul says it is only after our minds have been renewed that we're able to see God's will for our lives and make decisions that are in line with God's will. We need to rethink it so we can make better and more faithful decisions. So how do we renew our minds? Well, how do we actually begin to think or rethink some things. This may sound a little bit strange, but we begin to think differently by doing things differently. New actions lead us to new ways of thinking. And then those new ways of thinking lead us to new actions. The renewal of our minds takes place when we begin to do things differently. Renewal of our minds takes place when we put ourselves in places where we can hear God's truth, when we can understand God's purpose and plan for us. Renewal and transformation begins in places like this when we gather for worship. It takes place when we're in a small group together, learning and fellowshipping together. It takes place when we're doing our daily devotional reading or just daily prayer. You see, each of these activities helps to renew our minds because it puts us in a place where we are confronted by new ways of thinking. And those new ways of thinking begin to shape our thoughts and our attitudes, which then change our actions. And the same is true when we learn to serve others. Serving other people changes our thinking because it gives us a better perspective on our own lives. It helps shape healthier attitudes in us. It helps set better priorities and we gain a godly vision, not only for our own lives, but the world in which we live. Serving others can lead to deeper gratitude and lift us out of this depressions that we get ourselves in, especially these gloomy gray days of winter which in turn then helps us to make healthier decisions and more faithful decisions. So part of renewing our minds and rethinking things comes when we take steps to live our lives and our faith differently. One opportunity we all have to rethink our life, to restore and renew our minds and be transformed is to simply volunteer, to serve in some new way. 
And that's why we've included today in your worship folder a list of many different ways you can serve God right here at Redeemer Church, and it's on the back of your card as well. These are areas where we have a need, and it might be that you not only have the gifts we need, but that this new time of serving will help you to rethink your life and see what God has for you. This is one way we can act differently so that we can learn to think differently which is important because when we start thinking differently, we do a better job at starting over. When we begin to rethink our actions and our attitudes, we are often challenged in ways that are uncomfortable to us. And there can be a temptation to give up on that change because change is hard and fall back to unhealthy ways of thinking. So I wanna close this morning by sharing four ways of thinking that really need to change in us if we're going to start over and start over well. And the first one, uh, way of thinking that we need to change is the phrase, but my situation is unique. See, when people try to give us input or advice about how to do things differently or better, Often our immediate response is to say, but my situation is unique. But in saying that, we are often pushing away the difficult truth. See, our situations are not all that unique. I am often struck by how many people's problems are very similar to others and how often we could learn from one another if we would just be willing to listen and to help each other. We are all unique creations by God, but our situations are not. And we can learn from one another when we need to start over. But the second way of thinking we need to change is feeling like if I only had, you fill in the blank, this or that, I would be satisfied. If I only had, I would be satisfied. Maybe a girlfriend or a spouse or a children or a different job or more money or a new car. Put anything you want in that blank. If I only had that, I would be really satisfied. If we start over and only look for satisfaction in people or in things, we will always come up empty. See, satisfaction is found when we have a strong relationship with God, when we allow God to define who we are. And so we need to stop looking to fill in the blank instead of allowing our hearts to be filled with God who can truly satisfy. The third assumption we need to rethink is this. I know it's not right, but. I know it's not right, but. If it's not right, it will never turn out right. Whenever we engage in behavior that we know is wrong, it will never make the situation better. It might work for a while, but it will always break down in the end. And if we start over doing something we know is not right, we're eventually gonna be starting over again. And the last thought that needs to change in our thinking today is this. Intimacy will solve the problem. Intimacy in a relationship can be a wonderful gift to God from us, but it does not solve all problems in relationships. If problems are there before, they will be there afterward and sometimes new ones created. 
If anything, being intimate before we get mentally and emotionally healthy will complicate the situation and often make things more difficult. But we live in a society where we are told that sex is the answer to everything. It is not. And we need to rethink that idea if we want healthier relationships and more fulfilled lives. If we're going to break the cycle of repeated mistakes, we need to first own our issues. We need to own our piece of the problem. And then we need to change our thinking. We need to think differently and renew our minds so that this time can be better and can be healthier and can be more fulfilled than the last time. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the good things that you have done for us and all that you have given us. We thank you for the forgiveness of our sins and for the gift of eternal life you have given us in your son, Jesus Christ. You gave yourself for us so that we might give ourselves to you and to others. Today we are here to present to you all that we are and all that we have as a living sacrifice to you. It's our logical response to your love for us. It's our spiritual act of worship to you. So transform us as a people by renewing our minds by your spirit so that we think the way you want us to think about everything, especially about you and about your will for us. Give us discernment by your spirit as we seek to put your will into practice in our everyday life. Enable us to recognize your will and to discover it as we seek to do it. We want to do what is good and acceptable and perfect. We ask these things today so that you may be honored and you may be glorified in and through each of our lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to respond.